0: Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Force. Join us now for a service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. Grab your Bible, please, and turn to the book of Psalms, chapter 127. Psalms, chapter 127. I want to talk to you this morning for the next few moments on the subject, the investment principle. And we're going to talk about investing in our kids today. Uh, Let's just pray. Father, thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the opportunity to study your Word. Touch me, give me the strength to be able to minister today. I pray that you would touch me to be able to fluently uh, minister your Word with anointing and with power. Touch the ears of the hearers and the hearts to receive, we pray. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Touch your neighbor and tell them, our kids are our greatest investment. Tell them. Now, before we read Psalms 127 here, I'll share with you what I did in the first service. It takes about $150,000 nowadays to raise a child, unless you put them through college, then, it, then that can really get a little more expensive. So around a couple hundred thousand, 250,000, something like that. So the way I see it, I have about three quarters of a million dollars invested in my children, and they owe me big. <laughs> They are my greatest investment. Donna and I, they are are our greatest investment. We live for God. We live for for our kids. We live for you. We live for each other. We uh, enjoy, I have enjoyed most of the time. Nikki and Susie are 25 years old. We have had about 21 years of parental bliss out of 25. It's like the guy, he said, how long have you been married? He said, I've had 21 years of marital bliss, but I've been married 26. I said, dear Jesus, help us all. (laughs) But anyways, um, we love them. We love our kids, and I know you do too. And through the years, we have invested a lot in our children. Now, when we think about investment, guys immediately think money, don't we? I I mean, you heard me this morning. I said, you know, our children are our greatest investment, and the first thing I did was start talking about all the money that we had invested in those kids. Well, that's the way a guy thinks. Gals think differently. They think about investment differently. They think about the love that they invest into them, the nurture and the time and all of those things. They think about those things. So today I want to talk to you. Uh, We'll read Psalms 127 and get back around to it toward the end of the message Uh, but I want to talk to you about three different mothers in the Bible and then we'll also talk about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Psalms 127 verse number 3 says this, Children are an heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is His reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Today I want to talk, I want to begin talking today about Lois and Eunice who invested in Pastor Timothy. Now, uh, uh, Lois and Eunice were the mother and the grandmother of Pastor Timothy. Pastor Timothy uh, was the pastor of the church at Ephesus. So if you look in your Bible in the New Testament, in the book of Ephesians, that was the church at Ephesus and that epistle was written to Pastor Timothy's church by the Apostle Paul. Then the Apostle Paul also made investments into the life of Timothy and he wrote 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy which are instructional books basically for pastors and leaders and he wrote those instructional books uh, to him. So there are three books in the New Testament that that were written around the life and ministry of Pastor Timothy. Now, Pastor Timothy was, the, the wonder, was a wonderful pastor because there were individuals that invested so much in him. The Bible said that Lois and Eunice invested in him. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, and verse 5, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that it's in thee also. So we see here, the Bible says, I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in me, which was first in your grandmother Lois. So what Paul was doing, Paul was identifying the same blessing in Timothy that he saw in his grandmother. And then he saw that same thing in his mother. And so he saw the natural impartation of the principles, the character, the integrity, the love of God, the passion for the things of God in Timothy that he identified in Lois and in Eunice. So then we look here in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. So in verse number 5, he said, I called to remembrance that which was given to you. Verse number 6 and 7 says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God which is on you by the putting on of my hands for God hath not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind so God so God was speaking to pastor Timothy through the pen of the Apostle Paul and telling him to stir up the gift of God that was in him that was given through the laying on of hands and to also stir up his teaching and his passion that he had received from his mother and from his grandmother. Now, one thing about Lois and Eunice that I thought was was pertinent for us to to look at uh, is that they embraced their value. They embraced their value and they used it for the benefit of God's kingdom and they used it through love and through sound teaching. Did you know that as parents it is our responsibility to teach our kids sound doctrine? It's our job. It's our job to do that. Now you can bring them to church, you can take them to kids' church in the back and all of that and we'll do the best that we can but you cannot expect your children to learn all that they need to know about God on two hours a week, like an hour on Sunday and an hour on Wednesday night, or through Royal Rangers. No, you have to accept the responsibility. We have to embrace the responsibility as parents to say, you know what, I'm gonna accept this stewardship responsibility with the gifts that God has given me, called my children, and I'm gonna put the Word of God inside of them and watch them embrace it. I remember uh, when I was a small child, We lived in a place called Diamond, Missouri. Uh, It was a rock house and it was out in the country. You would go down this little dirt driveway and it was quite long or maybe it seemed long to me because I was little. But we would go down this dirt driveway and there was a fence uh, uh, around this area and the house was there and and, uh, and our our yard and all of that and, and the fence was there to keep the cows and stuff out of our yard. We lived on a small farm. And so I remember running through the yard one day and I remember my mother hollering at me and saying, Johnny, come here for a minute. And so I went over and, and she had the window open to her bedroom and she was laying across the bed there and the window was open and I remember seeing my mother lay there on, on that bed out the window and I'm standing outside of the window and standing and running and playing and, you know, I couldn't stand still. And so I was standing and running and playing and she would say, come here for a minute. And I'd go over there and she'd say, say this. She, I said, what, what do you want me to say? She said, say the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So I said, all right, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. She said, say it again. And so I said it again, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I remember my mother teaching me Psalms 23 40 years ago, 40 years ago and today 40 years later because my mother invested that scripture into me as a child today I can say it again. Now in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 14 through 17 here's what the Bible says, still talking to Timothy Continue thou in the things which you have learned and hast been assured of knowing of whom you have learned them and that from a child you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on and he says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished, unto all good works. The scripture I want us to pay attention to there is verse number 15 where the Bible said that from a child you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Now where did he learn those scriptures from? He learned those scriptures from his mother and from his grandmother. They embraced their value and they used it for the benefit of God's kingdom through love and sound teaching. Now there are three teaching principles out of this passage of Scripture that I want to share with you today. Number one, never underestimate the value that your children place on you. And they do value you. Touch your neighbor and say, your child values you. They do. You know, you may talk to them and you might think that they are never listen- that they don't listen to me. They, they never listen to me. They don't hear a word that I say. I promise you they hear everything you say. First of all, how do you know that, pastor? Well, here's how I know that. First of all, I know they know it because later on, if I think they're not listening and they think they can use it against me, out of their mouth it comes. Well, you said... So you know that that they're listening. But then there are other times that you'll find out that later on as they get older, the things that you put in them will all of a sudden just naturally start coming out of them. And you'll think, man, I didn't think they were listening to me, but voila, there it is. Absolutely they were listening to me. So never underestimate the value that your children place upon you. You are their greatest heroes. Mama and Daddy, you are your children's greatest heroes. When they are little, when they are little, they want to grow up and be like you. The second teaching principle out of this passage of Scripture in Timothy is that we should embrace the stewardship responsibility that God has given us concerning our unique children. Listen, mothers, God picked you to be their mom I put a little thing on my personal Facebook page this past week. I said this. I said, Mama, I said, Mama, I know that you think that God gave me to you, but I think God gave you to me because He knew no one else could handle me. I love you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. (laughs) God picked you to be their mom. Can I say something about this? Just I just want to say, I just want to get off on a little rabbit trail here and say a few things about this, okay? So many times we take our children and we compare them to the neighbor's children or to the person at church's children or, you know, I had a friend in school when I was growing up. A te- he was a teenager. I was a teenager. And his name was Miriam. His name was Miriam. It was a guy, but his name was Marion or Mirian. I can't I even hardly remember his how to pronounce his name. And I remember one day, and he was just going buck wild and crazy all of the time. And I remember one time we were at the church and his mother looked at him and we're both 15 years old and she looked at him and she says, why can't you be more like Jonathan? Something got me when she said that. I thought, because he's not me, that's my spot. (laughs) If you want your children to become like someone else, then the best they will ever become is second best. No one can be authentically you but you. And no one can be authentically them but them. So instead of trying to constantly change your children into what you always dreamed that your child would be, embrace them with their gifts and their challenges and find the things that you can invest in in their life and highlight that and watch God develop them and blossom them into the beautiful gift that God intended for them to be. Can somebody give God some praise? They are our greatest investment. The third teaching principle, Lois and Eunice were great examples of what a real Christian should be. Being a living example of how a real Christian should conduct themselves is the third teaching principle. The, The Bible, now listen to me very closely, the Bible is never more alive to your children than when you live it out loud in front of them. I said the Bible is never more alive to your children than when you live it out loud in front of them. Don't expect your children to grow up in love with God if you're not in love with God. Don't expect your children to embrace Christian principles if you don't embrace Christian principles. Well, I'm not an evangelist, I'm a pastor, so I'm going to teach you these things, okay? And love them, teach them to pray, Teach them to go to God when they get in a jam. Teach them how to have a relationship with the Lord. You want them to be addicted to the presence of God? You get addicted to the presence of God. You want them to experience the supernatural power of God in your life? You experience the supernatural power of God in your life. Be a real Christian. Conduct yourself like a real Christian and live the principles of God's Word out loud in front of your child. The second mother that I want to talk about you... Uh, that I want to talk about this morning to you (laughs) is this this mother. Uh, How many have ever heard of Jochebed? Can I see your hand? Well, there's a few of you. Yeah, you were in the first service. No fair. (laughs) All right. There's a few of you. Okay. How many have ever heard of Moses? Jochebed was Moses' mother. This is an amazing woman in the scripture. I call her one of the unsung heroes of the Bible. You don't read a whole lot about her, but her life and her offspring totally changed the trajectory of human history. Exodus chapter 2 verses 1 through 3 says this, And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him for three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took him from, uh, from an ark of bulrushes, uh, for she took, him, took and made an ark of bulrushes and dabbed it with slime and pitch and put the child in, and she laid it in the flags by the river's bank. Now, let me just give you just a little uh, history here, okay? The children of Israel were in bondage in Egypt. Pharaoh said, the children of Israel are beginning beginning to, to become too strong. They're becoming like a great nation. So what we need to do is we need to kill all of the young children, all of the young men, all of the young males. And so they went through and they started killing all of the young males. Well, this woman, Jochebed, she said, you know something? I can't do that. She said, you know what? I believe God gave me this child as a gift, and there's absolutely no way in the world that I can do that. So what she did was she made this little ark. It was like a little type thing. They put pitch. She put pitch on it and everything. And the, and when the Bible says that she put it in the flags by the river, that means that she released him into the Nile River. So when she released him into the into the Nile River, she was saying, Lord. Uh, I trust you in your faithfulness. Lord, I trust you to take care of Moses when I release him into the Nile River. She had no way of knowing that Pharaoh's daughter would find him. For all she knew, a crocodile was going to come and have a nice lunch. She had no idea. All she knew was, Lord, I just cannot let him certainly die, so I'm going to release him to you. Listen to this. This is a great principle that we can learn from Jochebed. Great moms... Model great trust in God. Great moms model great trust in God. Another scripture my mother taught me was Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path. Delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself. And she taught me that scripture. She taught me to trust God. She taught me how to trust God. And so great moms model great trust in God. Another thing that we see about Jochebed was when she was heartbroken, she still followed God's plan for her son. Now listen to me very closely. I'm going to make a statement here. I want you to listen, okay? If she would have held him, instead of releasing him, it would have been the death of him. The certain death. If she would have held him, instead of released him, it would have been the certain death of him. Sometimes holding is not helping. Sometimes holding is not helping, it's hindering, and we need to learn how to release our children to the Lord. I remember several years ago when I started out in the ministry full time, I was traveling a lot in Canada to the Canadian Indians. And I was ministering up there, and, you know, people were saying all kinds of things. Oh, he'll never make it, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I didn't, you know what? I didn't even hear that stuff. I just loved God and wanted to do something for the Lord, and so that's what we did. So I, I, I would go up there, and I remember uh, I came home one, one day, and I had been gone for a long time, and I came home, and I looked at my mom. I said, how are you doing? She said, well, I'm doing okay now. And I said, now? What do you mean by now? She said, well, she said, I just had to learn to release you to God. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, you get up there, you're running around with those Indians. Sometimes, and this was before I had a cell phone or anything like that, she said, sometimes I don't hear from you in two or three weeks and all of that, and I wonder if you're dead up there somewhere. She said, I have no idea. She said, finally, I just released you to the Lord. And I remember Dad telling me, he said, yeah, she used to lay in the bed and cry and pray and all of that at night, and finally one day she said, I just got to release him to God. Well, listen, if she, if, I would have, if she would have held on to me because she was a good mama, she had a hard time releasing me, but if she would have continued to hold on to me, she would have no longer been helping me, she would have been hindering me. And there are times when we have to trust God enough to say, you know our end from our beginning, so I release my child to you. Touch your neighbor and say, sometimes holding is not helping Now, let's look at jo- Jochebed's unsung accomplishments. Now, a few moments ago I asked you had you ever heard of the name Jochebed? And just a few of you raised your hand. Now you guys know who Jochebed was. All right. Now. Now listen. Not only was she the mother of Moses, who is the great deliverer of Israel, but she was the mother of the first high priest of Israel, Aaron. And she had another child by the name of Miriam who was a prophet and Miriam sang the song of deliverance, led the children of Israel in the song of deliverance after the waters came down upon Pharaoh as he was pursuing them across the Red Sea. So this unsung hero of the Bible that none of us hardly knew her name produced Moses and Aaron and Miriam. Here's the point that I want to make. Never think, that just because you're not getting the recognition, never think that God's still not working. In fact, most good mothers would rather promote their kids. The third mother that I want to talk to you about this morning is Hannah, the mother of Samuel. First Samuel chapter 1, verses 17 through 20 says this. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaiden find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah's wife and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come after, about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel saying, Behold, I have asked him of the Lord. Hannah modeled to us to never give up. Never give up. She modeled to us to just do it. Don't give up. Now after years of praying for the same thing, Most of us would have given up, but she didn't. She was a devout woman. She was a humble woman, and God finally answered her prayer. In fact, she was there so long in the temple crying out to God because she was buried, you see. She had never had a child. She wanted to have a child. She couldn't get pregnant. And so she was praying, and she was saying, Lord, I just want to have a child, Lord. And so she was quiet, and people started accusing her of being drunk. She's praying and she's mumbling and she's moaning or or the Bible says there that she was moving her lips but no sound would come out and people said, she's just drunk and they went to the high priest which would have been the pastor. Oh, pastor, how long are you going to let her do that? Don't you know that she's disturbing things here at the church? Don't you know she's disturbing things at the, at the altar? Don't you know that she, you know, it's kind of messing up the service. How long are you going to let that go on and all of that? And so, uh, the man of God goes over, over, over to her, Eli, he goes over to her and he says, what are you praying for? And she says, I want the Lord to give me a baby. And the man of God said, Let thine handmaiden find grace in thy sight, O God. So the woman went her way, did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. Now listen, that's verse number 18. She had not yet conceived. Barren and had not yet conceived, but she practiced faith because the man of God said, God heard your prayer. And as soon as she heard that, she said, Okay, that's good enough for me. And she got up and she went and ate. And the Bible said that she was full of joy. Then she went home, had a little fun, conceived, and Samuel was born. Samuel was born. Wow. What did she teach us? What did she teach us, moms? She taught us to never give up. She taught us to hook into something and pray until something happens. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. Did you know there are some things your kids are going to face that only you can get get them prayed through? God gave me a wonderful mother and then He gave me Vic (laughs) for my mother-in-law. Not only did God say someone like Wanda, which is my mother, it takes her to handle him but then then God said you know what he's got to have a special mother-in-law too he's got to have one of them holy ghost filled devil chasing sin killing you know happy Pentecostal born again tongue talking holy rolling heaven bound believer in the liberated power of cut the rug where you at devil I'm going to stomp on your head mother-in-laws yes I've seen my mother pray for things and never give up and see God come through. I've seen Vic Pray over things and not give up and not give up and God come through. And let me tell you something. There are some of you in this place this morning that know what I'm talking about because you've been involved in that kind of activity too over your kids. I want to encourage some of you people that know how to pray and get through. We used to call it ringing the prayer bells of heaven. How many remember that? We used to call it that. I want to encourage some of you that pray that way and know how to get a hold of God and know how to not only get God's attention but to activate Him in the earth today. I want you to grab some of these young others around here and I want you to teach them how to pray like that I want you to teach them how to get a hold of God you know why because the future of the church depends on people that know how to go before God in prayer and get a hold of God until heaven comes down in the midst of God's people Hallelujah. Hallelujah. hallelujah Hannah honored her commitment to God and God honored her Hannah said, God, if you give me a son, I'll give him back to you. God gave her a son 12 years later. She gave Samuel back to God and he became one of the most notable prophets in the Bible because of his mother's prayers. Because of his mother's prayers. Tell somebody, because of his mother's prayers. Because of her prayers. Now look at God's reward to her. God rewarded Hannah after that with three more sons and two more daughters." Three more sons and two more daughters. You know how much, you know how many makes a quiver full? Five. Five. Three more sons and two more daughters. Let's look back at our text here. Psalms 127 verses 3 through 5. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. As arrows in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Look at verse number 5. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gates. And of course we know in the Old Testament when scriptures like this reference a man in that setting and context, it's talking about mankind. So happy, she became happy. The joy that she embraced before she ever conceived Samuel carried on into her life. And God satisfied the longing of her heart with three more sons and two more daughters. A quiver full. A quiver full. Touch your neighbor and say, God wants your quiver to be full. <laughs> Some of you are a little trepidatious about that. Look, you can't blame me. I'm just trying to help the church grow. You know, I mean... Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Glory to God. Have the blessing of Sarah come on some of you ladies. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. The last mother that we're going to talk about today is Mary, the mother of Jesus. What a wonderful woman she must have been. Look at the life that she had to live. She almost lost her fiancé over the pregnancy of God's Son. It took an angel appearing to him also to embrace the process. Then the angel came and began to talk to her and the Bible said that she kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. I'm convinced that there are things that that angel told her that she never shared. The principle that we can learn from that is, and, and you mamas know this, But just because we know stuff doesn't mean we have to share it. And so she kept these things and pondered them in her heart. She's the only person in the life of Jesus that the Bible says was there from His birth until His death. The only person. She watched Him grow. She got frustrated at him. He said, didn't you know I'd be about my father's business? Come on, it's supper time. Don't give me that. I mean, (laughs) you know, she was a mama. She was a mama. I'm sure that just like many of you, she got used to the pitter-patter of sandaled feet as they would get up and run through the little house where they were. She watched him eat her lentil soup. He was all God and all man. Then she watched him. The same pitter patter of those feet as they went down the Via Dolorosa, made their way to Calvary, the way of the cross. She heard him cry, It is finished. At the cross, he referenced her. At the cross. She is the greatest example of how a mother will stick by you when others leave you. No matter what. My kids frustrate me sometimes. I mean, they frustrate me sometimes. But Donna just makes excuses for them. (laughs) I'm like, how can you do that? They're my kids. I said, they're mine too. But she just makes excuses for them. That's called a mama's love. That's called a mother's love. I'll tell you what. I've had a lot of things happen to me during my life. One thing I have never doubted is that my mama loves me. Not everybody has that testimony. The majority of people do, but not everyone has that testimony. And to those that don't have that testimony know that he said that he would be a father and he would be a mother to you and he would be a friend that sticks closer than a brother let's all stand to our feet thank you for joining us today on working the word for more information go to our website at www.suncoast4 and that's the number four jesus.tv you may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida 34669. Or you may call us at 727 856 1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., and Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And remember, the word will work if you work the word.